This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Four minutes after the hour, it's Thursday, October 21st. Good morning and welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us across America here on the Relevant Radio Network and the Relevant Radio app. On Thursdays, I always remind you of the importance of remembering the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Holy Thursday by our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a a day in which we always uh, meditate and think about the Holy Eucharist. And also remember that every day is a blessing, so make the most of every day that we are given. Now here in the upcoming month of November, we remember the holy souls in purgatory, our family, our friends who have passed from this earthly life. Join us here on Relevant Radio November 2nd through the 10th as we pray a special novena for your departed loved ones during daily mass at noon central, the chaplet of divine mercy with Drew Mariani at three central, and the family rosary across America with Father Rocky at 7 p.m. central. Go to relevantradio.com souls to submit your list of departed loved ones who absolutely need your prayers. Now I want to bring in my colleague Glenn Leverance. Glenn, what are some of the stories that Catholics and other Christians should be paying attention to this morning. Well, John, talking vaccine business today, the way it works, the FDA makes recommendations and then the, the CD signs off or not on them. And uh, the CDC deciding today about booster shots, an advisory panel looking at whether another dose from Moderna and Johnson & Johnson will be okay as a kind of a, a third shot. They're expected to approve that, and that could happen as soon as tomorrow. And this means as well that mixing and matching would be okay. If you got the Moderna shots, you could get a booster of uh, something different, say Pfizer or vice versa, Johnson and Johnson in the mix as well. So that's the the latest with vaccines on that end of it. And that's that's an issue that uh, not everybody's on the same page, but we still need to be paying careful attention to what uh, uh, the CDC is recommending uh, when it comes to these boosters. Uh, Turning to Major League Baseball, as we've been doing for the last few weeks during the playoffs, American League Championship Series, Game 5 at Fenway Park last night. Uh, the Houston Astros beat the Boston Red Sox uh, by a big margin, 9-1. to Jordan Alvarez with the big RBI hit as heard on FS1. And the batter is Jordan Alvarez. And that one's down the line into left. What a night. Alvarez has delivered again. Two more runs will score off his back. He's driven in all three. And it's 3-0 Astros here in the sixth. And Glenn, uh, the Strohs uh, just one uh, win away uh, from getting to the World Series. Boy, just when you expect things might roll one way, they're, they're rolling the other way. And uh, Houston has a 3-2 lead in that series now, and it goes back to Texas uh, starting tomorrow. So Red Sox will need to rev it up to just to stay alive here. So uh, again, Astros uh, just one win away from another trip to the World Series. And in the National League Championship Series, uh, Game 4, Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, uh, the Braves really took it to the Dodgers, uh, 9-2. to Now they have a, a commanding 3-1 lead, and they are one win away from getting to the World Series. 
Uh, former Minnesota Twin Eddie Rosario had a lot of years watching him, having a great series. My goodness, he almost hit for the cycle, but he, he didn't get the double because he got two home runs. Uh, he drove in four runs with four hits yesterday. The left fielder for the Braves having a, a great day, and uh, they've got a 3-1 series lead now. And uh, Game 5 set for tonight, first pitch 7.07 Central. Good for Eddie Rosario. And like we were joking the other day, how appropriate uh, a guy named Rosario is doing so well here in the postseason during this month month of the rosary and he's always an adventure in the field and on the base paths as well but that guy sure sure can hit all right uh, as always thanks so much glenn sure thing john we always begin every hour with prayer giving thanks to our lord uh, for the many blessings that we receive every day through the intercession of the mother of god our blessed mother mary in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, the champion of life and co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, coming up shortly, you'll meet Maria Goldstein and Laura Vanderkar, the co-founders of Northwest Families for Life, who will tell us all about their outstanding recent March for Life palatine in the Chicago suburbs. And we'll also discuss uh, many different ways that you can be pro-life uh, here in this uh, Respect Life Month. A little bit later at the bottom of the hour, our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will be with us to talk about purgatory. What does the Catholic Church teach about this place of purification? And we'll also discuss the upcoming Relevant Radio Novena for the Holy Souls in Purgatory in November. Plus, we'll bring you another episode of Glenn Story Corner, all that and much more coming up this hour here on Morning Air. As we do every day, our power scripture from the playbook of life is from Revelation 3.20. Our Lord Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to hear his voice. He knocks on the door of our hearts, inviting us to eat with him, to sup with him. That is, to eat his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. Christ desires a close intimacy with us, his disciples. Do we really take advantage of this sacrament of love, the Holy Eucharist, uh, this gift of love, of his true presence, substantially present in the sacred host under the appearance of bread and wine? In fact, our U.S. bishops are calling for a Eucharistic revival next year. Let's start today. Let's do it today by opening the hearts, uh, the door of our hearts and letting our Lord Jesus feed us with the bread of life, the Holy Eucharist. And we always pray with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888 914 9149. 
Now, as we've been talking about all month long here in October, we're celebrating Respect Life Month in the United States. During this month, we've been considering more deeply why every human life is valuable, and we've been reflecting on how to build a culture that protects life from conception to natural death. There have been pro-life events all across our nation, and just last Saturday, uh, I had the blessing of being able to take part in a wonderful March for Life Palatine in suburban Chicago. Joining us now are the organizers of this event, uh, my friends Maria Goldstein and Laura Vanderkar, the co-founders of Northwest Families for Life. Good morning, Maria and Laura. Welcome to Morning Air. Great to be with the two of you, you pro-life warriors. Good morning. Thanks for having us, John. Yeah, good morning. It is it is such a joy. First of all, I just want to say what a fantastic uh, event last Saturday. What a joy it was to be part of uh, your ninth annual March for Life Palatine. And what a great crowd there. All those relevant radio uh, fans, all those uh, yellow balloons with the youngsters uh, there at St. Teresa's. Yes, we estimate about 600 people were there. It, it, was a, it was a wonderful event. Uh, it, it, tell us uh, about the, this uh, tradition. You've been doing this now for a, a number of years, uh, for not nine years. Uh, it really is an opportunity for uh, people in the area to, to get together and to march for life. Yeah, well, we started it um, at the 40th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and at that point we were marching in January, and we the second year we had it, we had this beautiful snowstorm um, the day, and then once the Chicago March for Life picked up, we're like, okay, you guys can take January, we'll go to October and do a Respect Life you March for Life. So that we've been doing it in October um, for the last number of years, and I tell you, God has never blessed us with more beautiful weather. I think that was for you, John, this last Saturday. Oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful, for sure. You know, I, I get so um, moved to see especially the young kids, the, all the young people, the crusaders that were there with their yellow balloons and all their signs. Uh, There's such a sign for hope. And and this year's focus, uh, obviously, as uh, this, this case that's coming up in December at the oh. Supreme Court that could possibly overcome. Uh, Roe v. Wade. So uh, there's a lot of uh, anticipation uh, on the pro-life side. Absolutely. There's a lot of, you know, people who support the pro-life side that I think, you know, we don't know about. But then events like the March for Life, we were standing out there on Northwest Highway, one of these very busy streets in downtown Palatine, and the overwhelming support was just incredible by people driving by, honking, cheering. I agree. So that's, that's why these events are so important to go to. You get energized. The community gets energized. You just get uplifted. Yeah, and you get to realize how big the pro-life movement really is. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's it's great to know that you're part uh, of a much bigger picture on a national scale with the, the big March for Life in Washington and the Walk for Life uh, in San Francisco and all the many other March for Lives that are going on every year uh, across our nation. Yeah, for sure. Um, Laura, talk to us a little bit about uh, the, the founding of Northwest Families for Life back in 2010. Uh, the motivation, the inspiration that, that you and Maria uh, oh, were, were yeah. touched with to be able to start this. Well, for starters, I'd just like to give a big shout out to our mother. Our mother, Marlene, uh, is is really been such a role model for us. She actually went to, to D.C. when we were in high school and marched for life, and we were so proud of her. And she actually took me out to pray to prevent a clinic from going up in our uh, little town of Lombard, um, an abortion clinic going up in Lombard. So, you know, I've been standing at the sidewalk uh, for a while, thanks to my mother. But uh, we were also inspired 
admired uh, greatly by the Scheidlers and their witness for life. Um, you know, knowing their story is, is, is huge, and um, they were always just, you know, our, our pro-life heroes. And so when we were, we, well, bef- let me back up just a little bit. We uh, decided, well, it's we want to do more than just throw money at the pro-life cause. Not that that's a bad thing, but we we were itching to do something. So one year, Maria learned about 40 Days for Life and said, hey, Laura, we're going to go pray out in Rockford. Join me. And, of course, I'm always up for (laughs) any crazy ideas of hers. We are partners in crime. (laughs) (laughs) And so we signed up for a 40 Days for Life campaign at the now-closed Rockford Abortion Clinic. And uh, we, of course, took our parents (laughs) and and we uh, stood vigil there for an hour and said, you know what, we can bring this back closer to home, and, but we need help. And that's when we got the Scheidlers involved. And uh, we had a meeting because we learned about a clinic in Des Plaines, and we said, okay, well, that's the one we're going to try to go after because there's a uh, pregnancy resource center right there, the Women's Center. And um, we met with the Scheidlers, and the Scheidlers said to us, what are you going to call your organization? And we didn't even know we were starting an organization at that point. We're like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, yeah, so um, they helped us come up with our name, Northwest Families for Life, and uh, they bought us our first set of signs to put out at the street to uh, help women. Yes, for the last 11 years, that's what we've been doing. What a great story, and I know you've been making such a difference. In fact, I remember um, actually praying with you guys uh, a oh. while back back when I was making the 40 film, and we were actually filming, and I saw with my own eyes the power of prayer. Uh, Maria, I remember you saved a baby that day, and I saw it with my own eyes, and that's just yes. one of hundreds of babies that have been saved over the years by, by the great work that you guys do. Yeah, that was a true miracle moment. I've never seen a save more dramatic than that. That day you were out there, John. I mean, she actually came rushing out the front doors, gave me a big hug, and said I couldn't do it. And it was so late. I mean, it was like 1130, and most abortions are done by that point. So, yeah, no, you were part of that miracle. It wasn't me. It was God and you and all the other prayer warriors. Yeah. Again, a testament to, to prayer. And I just want to backtrack just for a moment. You know, you mentioned the Shilers. We were talking about the late, great Joe Shiler, who passed away recently, and his wife, Anne, of the Pro-Life Action League. And uh, they have been uh, so inspirational to so many uh, other people, other groups across our country. I know even this reporter, the reason I got involved in the Pro-Life movement to begin with and even, uh, you know, uh, produced the 40 film was because of Joe Shiler. And as I mentioned uh, on Saturday uh, to the folks there. I mean, I, I wouldn't be talking about life if it hadn't been for him. So uh, we're so grateful uh, for it, Joe and Ann and their incredible example. Absolutely. Yes. And Eric. <laughs> you can't forget <laughs> Eric. <laughs> a regular on our show here as well, for sure. Um, again, uh, Maria and, and Laura, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, your mission uh, in this day. You guys do so much. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, sure. all the myriad of things that you do to defend life. It's not just one. Uh, you do a litany of things. Right. Well, you know, our, our main mission when we first started was to unite people for prayer and peaceful vigils and abortion. And then we kind of, kind of snowballed from there. Um, we are both trained sidewalk counselors, and so we even um, we do sidewalk counseling training sessions. Um, thanks to the wonderful organization Sidewalk Ag- Advocates for Life, they've really kind of changed the landscape of what it means to be a sidewalk counselor. I mean, there's 
there may be people out there who think they're protesting, but the, that's not our philosophy. Our philosophy is always to be out there with love, offering hope and help, and that's Sidewalk Advocates for Life's philosophy. And so their training materials are always focusing on the woman because you can't save the baby if you don't save the woman. And so that's really our focus. It's very women-focused, and men too, because let's face it, you dads, I mean, they are the ones that have the power, and yet they just don't know it. So we seek to empower fathers to save their children as well. Um, but it's not just at the clinic. We also um, will have um, our weekly prayerful, we will have weekly prayerful vigils at the clinic, but we also do Jericho marches around the abortion clinics. And a Jericho march is what finally ended up closing one of the clinics in Des Plaines. There were three. When we first started North of Science for Life in 2010, there were actually, um, a, Dr. Vinod Goyal, an abortionist, he had this abortion empire. He had seven abortion clinics in Chicago and the suburbs. And now, you want to know when he has left? Go ahead. Make a guess, John. You want to make a guess? Uh, I would guess uh, one. <laughs> you got it. It's one. <laughs> that was totally so, a guess. So, yeah, you're, you're good. Um, and we also have diaper drives. We always host a Good Friday Stations of the Cross at the abortion clinic. We send out newsletters to keep people just energized and informed and engaged for life. Well, you do uh, a fantastic work. And, uh, you know, uh, when uh, I saw the two of you um, at the March for Life Palatine on Saturday, um, someone handed me a flyer uh, with the, uh, the schedule for the events, uh, 48 Ways to be Pro-Life. And uh, this is your flyer. It's extremely informative. There's so much good stuff on there we couldn't possibly cover. We'd need to do a whole hour just to go through all these 48 reasons. Right. But can you give us a, a few highlights of some of the ways that we can authentically uh, be pro-life and especially in play here in the month of October, the, the Respect Life sure. Month. You know, I think that people underestimate the power of one. Um, and so, you know, one of our things on here is start a book club. It just takes one person, talk to a few friends, get a group, maybe two, three, four people. So we've got some suggested books on here. Um, Joe Scheidler's book, Racketeer for Life, is just a true testament to how much the power of one is. It's one man. I mean, he's, he's got you involved in it. He got us involved in it. I can't even, you know, tell you how many people, how many lives he's saved and people he's inspired. So starting a book club is a, a great idea. Um, and then I know that we're coast to coast here and, you know, everywhere, every single, you know, city, I feel like, where there's an abortion clinic, there is a home for women in crisis pregnancy or a Pregnancy Resource Center. John, you gave a statistic at the march. Do you remember how many Pregnancy Resource Centers? We're talking uh, roughly 3,000 plus. So yeah. there's 3,000 of these pregnancy centers across our country, and there's roughly uh, you know, about 500 abortion clinics. So there's many more of ours and many fewer of theirs. Right. And, and just a little plug for our, our American Heritage girls who are at the march, by the way. They actually raised money at our last year's march and were able to help rehab a room at one of the women's uh, homes. So, you know, you can get involved that way, too, because sometimes they need more than just money. They need actually manpower yeah. to help um, make their facilities yeah. welcoming to women. Right. Right. And that's, you know, I think people don't know about these homes for women in, in crisis pregnancies. They think, oh, you just care about the baby. You care about the babies. No, we are there for the women. We are there for the women. And, you know, part of the reason we're there for the women is because we've seen the wounded women. So many women 
come out to pray at the clinic, and they are post-abortive themselves. And that's why it's so important to promote post-abortive healing, like the Project Rachel program, where they have, where women and men can experience that um, true healing and forgiveness that Jesus offers. And right. so I just encourage anybody, you know, carry those Project Rachel cards with you. I would go on vacations, you know, we'd always get in the car and road trip, and I would put Project Rachel cards in the um, rest stop bathrooms as I'm going through. Yeah. Um, I give them to our priests at our church to pass out during confession. Um, so just those Project Rachel cards, and your diocese will most likely send them to you for free, um, and you just... Yeah, pass them out. Put them, put them in bathrooms. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. The uh, the women, the post abortive women and men uh, around us are are the walking wounded. You know, that's how we really yeah. need to view them because abortion is breaks families, and not just you know, not just one woman. It breaks families. Absolutely. Maria and Laura, you know, a few of the other ones that that stand out in my mind, obviously the most obvious, you know, go to a pro-life event, obviously the the National March for Life, if you can, uh, coming up in January. And there's there's marches in downtown Chicago. There's marches in Los Angeles. There's marches uh, all over the country. You just have to look for them. So keep your eyes open uh, for uh, a march in your community. Just the importance of staying educated. You know, we're being fed so much misinformation. And especially when it Absolutely. comes to the issue of life. I love that. Uh, that's uh, your second way of being yes. pro-life. Just get plugged into, you know, places uh, like lifenews.com uh, and, uh, you know, yes. Relevant Radio, of course, and many, many uh, other sources that are out there uh, to, to promote life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're womb to tomb also. I mean, we've got some things on this 48 Ways to Be Pro-Life that you might not think about, like creating a legally binding will to live. And there's a web address on here. I won't say it out loud because it's kind of confusing, but um, you can get a copy of this 48 Ways to Be Pro-Life at our website, northwestfamiliesforlife.weebly.com. Weebly is our host, W-E-E-B-L-Y. But if you just Google Northwest Families for Life, I'm sure it'll come up. And then there's also this fabulous blog from a nurse, that will help you to give arguments of standing against assisted suicide because, let's face it, assisted suicide is the next frontier that they're coming at, attack at life. So Nancy Valco is um, the woman who writes the blog. So I would highly recommend um, reading some of her materials about assisted suicide. She's so logical, so well-reasoned. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, also, and this is one that I like, is uh, host a pro-life movie. Uh, it's a wonderful way to get everybody together. It can be done at the parish level. It can be done uh, at a movie theater. But uh, a pro-life movie, and there's a number of them out there that are that are very powerful. I mean, movies like uh, Abby Johnson's Unplanned and uh, obviously the Gosnell movie. I mean, there's the, the Roe v. Wade movie. I mean, there's many of them that can but inspire you. There's even some you. good ones um, by a guy I know, John Morales, like the 40 film. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Believe it or not, that film is still being showed. In fact, it, oh, sure. it's just, it's amazing. Uh, after all these years, the only thing that's really changed is instead of 55 million ab- aborted babies, we're now up yeah. to about 63 million. But everything oh, wow. else, all the issues in that film yeah. are also in play uh, for the 40 film. Well, i got to give one more plug for your film, Incompatible with Life, because that's something that women don't know, that when they have this adverse prenatal diagnosis, there was so much support and there was so much joy in doing God's will. There's an organization, actually, that supports 
families with adverse prenatal diagnosis. It's called Prenatal Partners for Life. And I just encourage any woman out there who's listening, who's gotten the news from the doctor that there may be an you know, abnormality or something, please contact this organization. They will walk with you spiritually, emotionally, financially even. Prenatal Partners for Life. It's just an incredible organization. Uh, again, the flyer is called 48 Ways to Be Pro-Life. You can download the flyer at northwestfamiliesforlife.weebly.com. Um, Maria and Laura, uh, final thoughts uh, during this month of life, uh, of Respect Life. Uh, it, it can seem at times discouraging, but we know that life is winning in America. Uh, final words. I just want to say, you know, get involved any way you can at your parish. Just start researching the pro-life movement. Know where we started, know where we're going to, and, uh, yeah. and join in. And join in. It's a joyful, it's a yeah. joyful group. Of, <laughs> we're a joyful group. Yes. <laughs> Not scary. <laughs> you guys are absolutely joyful. Always a big smile on, on, on both of your faces. So much uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to be part of, of your March for Life uh, Northwest uh, families uh, in Palatine last Saturday. Uh, it, it, was, it was a great joy. And thanks so much for being here with us on Morning Thank you. Air. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a good one. Thanks, Maria. Laura, keep fighting the good fight. Maria Goldstein, Laura Vandercar, co-founders of Northwest Families for Life. We need to take a break. When Morning Air continues, Father James Kabicki, our spiritual director, will be with us to talk about purgatory in the upcoming Relevant Radio Novena for the Holy Souls in Purgatory in November. So don't change that dial. Stay with us. There's much more to come as Morning Air continues after this. From Maui to Maine, you're listening to Morning Air with John Morales, coast to coast on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 32 minutes after the hour, welcome back to Morning Air, and yes, coast to coast. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up a little bit later this half hour, we'll have yet another new episode of Glenn's Story Corner. Our number, if you want to be part of the show, is 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Now, in the upcoming month of November, as we've been saying, we remember the Holy Souls in Purgatory, our family and friends who have passed from this earthly life. In fact, Relevant Radio is praying a special novena for your departed loved ones from November 2nd through the 10th that you can sign up for at relevantradio.com souls to submit your list of departed loved ones who totally need our prayers, which leads us to the doctrine of Purgatory that is still quite misunderstood by not only many Catholics, but by other Christians in this day and age. We know that God is merciful and he forgives our sins, uh, but he still requires uh, that we pay the price. Just as a child who throws a rock through your window, you may forgive him for making a mistake, but he still uh, has to pay for repairing the window. And that's also true uh, for us. There is a place of final purification, of cleansing before we enter heaven. Nothing unclean can enter heaven, the book of Revelation says, and 
now joining us to talk about purgatory, this place of purgation, of purification, and uh, of the upcoming Relevant Radio Novena for the Holy Souls in November is our spiritual director today, Father James Kabicki. Father Kabicki is a Jesuit priest, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota, and a Relevant Radio contributor with his daily prayer reflections, as well as a longtime contributor here on this show. Good morning, Father Kabicki. Thanks for being with us once again. Always good to be with you. Good morning, John. Good to be with you, too, and especially on talking about this topic. It's one of my favorite topics to uh, address because I think it is, as you said, so misunderstood. And uh, many people think that because God is merciful, there's there's no need for, as it were, justice and no need for purification. And, you know, to be honest, John, when I look at myself and I, I know I'm not perfect and I don't I, I don't think anyone would uh, think of themselves as perfect. And yet we have to be holy as God is holy in order to enter into God's presence. And so there there is a requirement of some purification that will go on after we pass from this life to the next. Absolutely. Before we uh, go uh, a, a lot deeper uh, into purgatory and really get into what the Catholic Church teaches, I'd love to get your thoughts of how relevant uh, this discussion on purgatory is with the upcoming Relevant Radio Novena here in the month of November that we're just days away from uh, in which we're going to be praying for the holy souls of our loved ones. I think it's it's a beautiful thing uh, to, to really unite uh, the Relevant Radio family in prayer for our departed loved ones. That, that's really true, John. And, you know, uh, we, we think of so often in a very individualistic way that, you know, we are alone and we've got our family and our friends. And, and to think of Relevant Radio as a family, that we're together in prayer, in our faith, supporting one another, and that our prayer reaches into the afterlife that we can pray for people who have died. And so to, to bring our loved ones, especially those maybe who have died in the last year or so, or people that we, we really have unfinished business with, that uh, we have a hard time maybe letting go of hurts that they caused us, and, and to bring them into this novena. Novenas, of course, you know, the first novena was right after the ascension of our Lord into heaven, and it was nine days of prayer before the coming of the Holy Spirit. So it's a very powerful tradition that goes back to uh, Jesus himself, and it's a reminder to us that we don't pray alone, but we pray together. And so I'm, I'm really excited to hear about the novena that, uh, that we're going to have here at Relevant Radio. Absolutely, and uh, I've been giving out uh, uh, the the basics uh, for days now. Uh, just a reminder, if you haven't signed up yet, you can still do it at relevantradio.com slash souls, uh, and you just give the, the list of all your loved ones, whoever you want to uh, be included, whoever you want to pray for uh, to, to be part of this special novena. And we're going to have uh, three different opportunities uh, to pray for our loved ones. We'll be able to pray at noon uh, on the Mass here on Relevant Radio uh, during the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, at uh, 3 p.m. Central, and of course with Father Rocky for the Family Rosary Across America at 7 p.m. Central. So uh, lots of opportunities uh, for prayers and for uniting la familia, the family. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, a lot of people don't realize that in those, those first days of November, uh, it's a very special time to pray for the uh, Holy Souls, and throughout November, and there are indulgences attached to that, you know, if we visit a cemetery and, and pray for our loved ones there, if we... Um, 
uh, offer a prayer during this special novena time. Uh, there, there are indulgences that we can apply to the people who have died or to ourselves to, to take away um, the temp that we call it the temporal punishment due to sin. Um, but I, I love the fact that we have such a treasury of grace in the church and can tap into it so easily through uh, events like this novena. Absolutely. And uh, on a separate note, there's even a movie that's about to come out on uh, the the topic of purgatory that's premiering in select theaters, uh, in fact, next week on uh, October 25th and 28th, I guess just those two days. The movie's called Purgatory, The Secret Relevations of uh, Padre Pio and Fola Horic, uh, narrated by our very own Drew Mariani. What is her Surprise, and uh, you can uh, you can find uh, out all about it at purgatorymovie.com. In fact, we're going to have uh, one of the representatives, Oscar Delgado, who will be uh, speaking with us uh, next week uh, about this film. So, uh, you know, it's it's a good thing to to see even Purgatory coming to movie theaters. Indeed, you know, I didn't know about this until you emailed uh, that information to me, John. And um, it, it, I went on the trailer this morning just to, to look at it uh, uh, online to see the trailer for the movie, and it, it looks very professionally well done and, and very provocative. Um, but I, I have to also mention another movie that came out some years ago by uh, Father John Clote. Uh, perhaps many of our listeners remember him. Our good uh, friend, I know him very, okay. very well. Hey, what what a, what a wonderful story Father John Claude is. Yes, he is, and you know he he was in the the whole world of media and making movies, and then became a conventional Franciscan friar. Uh, served at Marytown and up at St. Josephat's Basilica in Milwaukee, and now he's serving in in uh, the Diocese of Phoenix. But he came out with a movie called Purgatory: The Forgotten Church. You know, and, and it's, again, a title that reminds us that we're part of a communion of saints and that the church consists of those of us here on earth, but also those in glory in heaven and also those who are in need of our prayers for that continuing uh, purification. And it, it's a great movie. I, I, uh, I'm a little bit self-serving in saying this, and, and so this is full disclosure. I was interviewed for it, so there is a, a few um, there are a few places where I appear, but also uh, the late Cardinal George is interviewed, and uh, it's it's really a good, I think, explanation of why we believe in purgatory and how that works. Father John Claude doing amazing work, uh, not only with that movie on uh, purgatory, but he also just recently came out with a movie on confession. I believe it's called The Miracle Box. Uh, I was captivated yeah. listening to Drew talking to Father John Claude just the other day on the rerun this past week week and I couldn't get out of my car. It was so interesting. I was riveted. Uh, some of the amazing stories and miracles uh, of the power of confession, which is a whole other topic, although it is kind of related to the issue of purgatory. It sure is, you know, because, you know, as you pointed out, John, uh, God forgives. God is all merciful, but our sins have consequences. Just like throwing that rock through a window has a consequence. You have a broken window that needs to be repaired. And so part of the sacrament of reconciliation and part of our reminder about praying for those who have died and praying for the souls in purgatory involves 
praying for that repairing of the damage that sin has done in their lives, in our lives, in the world. And so it's it's part of penance to do this. And penance is, is not uh, so much, um, you know, causing ourselves pain as trying to take away the pain that was caused by the sins that were committed and repairing the damage of sin. And uh, Father, as I mentioned uh, in the intro, uh, in the book of Revelation, Revelation twenty one twenty seven, 27, it says, uh, but nothing unclean shall enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Powerful scriptures supporting the idea that nothing unclean can enter paradise, can enter heaven. And so this is all part of, uh, of God's plan, this purification uh, that we have through uh, the, the gift of purity. That's right, you know, because heaven is a place of of love, of peace, of joy, and there's no room in heaven for garbage, uh, for sin, for hatred, for resentment, for lust, for all the ways that we sin against one another. There can't be uh, anything like that in heaven. And so uh, if we are attached to those sins, if we're attached to to um, memories of our sins, those kinds of things, that needs to be purified. An image that I have, John, that may be helpful to people is thinking about going into a movie theater in the middle of an afternoon where it's bright, sunny day, and you're in that dark theater watching a movie for two hours. When you come out of the movie theater, you can't, uh, your eyes squint, you, you can't deal with the bright light because you've been in darkness for two hours. And I think in terms of our lives, depending on how much we have become accustomed to the darkness of sin or lived in darkness in our lives, it will take a a process of our, uh, let's say, opening our eyes to the glory of God, to the light that is Jesus Christ. And it's it's painful because um, just as coming out of the theater, you can't, you know, open your eyes wide right away. So when we meet the Lord face to face, there will be that uh, process where our eyes will need to be opened again, healed, and um, uh, we let go of anything that is not worthy of God so that we can truly be holy as God is holy. Father, we need to take a break. But first, I'd like to invite our listeners, uh, if you have any questions whatsoever about the doctrine of purgatory, perhaps it's just not clear in your mind, or about praying for our loved ones, the power of prayer uh, for our loved ones who may be in purgatory. Uh, any question you might have for Father James Kabicki, we have open lines as we speak, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. But don't wait till the last minute because we seem to always run out of time and then we can't get to your calls. We're going to take a short break as we continue with Father James Kabicki. Stay with us. There's much more to come on the other side. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. Get connected to the conversation. Call us now at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales. 
48 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us. We continue talking about purgatory with our spiritual director today, Father James Kabicki, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Father Kabicki, uh, welcome back. Uh, we do have some callers uh, who want to chime in and be part of our discussion. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Father, before we get to the callers, uh, real uh, briefly, can you give us uh, a couple of uh, scriptural uh, basis for the doctrine of purgatory? I know that uh, the doctrine was rejected by Martin Luther and the Reformers, but we have a strong scriptural basis for what we believe as Catholics. Right. One of the reasons it was rejected is because um, some of those... um, Reformers also uh, rejected some of the books of the Bible, and one of them is the second book of Maccabees, where in chapter 12 we read about offerings being made for those who had died and had obviously been uh, idolaters, or they were they were wearing um, medals to uh, foreign gods, and they had died in battle, and so offerings were being made uh, for their purification. But in the New Testament, uh, the the clearest I think um, passage is in the first letter of Saint Paul to the Corinthians, chapter three, starting in verse ten, where. St. Paul talks about our lives as though they were buildings, and that we build on the one foundation of Jesus, but the material with which we build our lives can be uh, something very precious and good, or it can be um, like straw or hay. And St. Paul writes that uh, when we come to the end of our lives, uh, our lives will be revealed as with fire, and that will test the quality of each one's work. And then he goes on to say that, you know, uh, if the work is burned up, that one will suffer loss, but the person will be saved, but only as through fire. And that's where we get that image of purgatory as fire, that it's a purifying fire. In other words, again, whatever is not worthy of God, whatever we have made of our lives that uh, really doesn't belong in the kingdom of God, whatever bad habits, sins that we um, have clung to, um, the effects of our sins— that will be purified. We'll be saved and, and brought into the kingdom of heaven, but as St. Paul writes, only as though through fire. And we also know that our prayers can make a difference. Our prayers are powerful as we pray for our loved ones, which is exactly what we'll be doing uh, during this upcoming Relevant Radio uh, Novena in November for the Holy Souls. And so uh, we continue to pray. Father, real briefly, my father was away from the faith for decades, never stopped praying for him, came back uh, to the faith after 30-plus years, finally went to confession, and um, he's been gone now since 2005, but there's not a day that I do not pray for his soul, that when he's finally cleansed and purified, uh, all clean and ready to go, uh, he will be in paradise in heaven uh, with the Lord and our Blessed Mother and the saints one day. So we pray for our loved ones, and this is a beautiful thing that we can do. Amen. I'm with you all the way, John. That's great. Let's get to our callers. Uh, We've got full lines. Uh, Leslie joining us uh, from Helena, Montana, uh, Leslie, welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Father Kabicki. Good morning, John and Father Kabicki from the great state of South Dakota. I Thank do you. have a question. My mother, um, my mother passed away uh, in her 90s this last January, and when she was given the last rites, the priest did tell us that she would go 
straight to heaven. She would not spend time in purgatory. And we may have misunderstood or represented this, but can you talk to that? Is that even possible? There Are there indulgences that would allow that? Well, a couple of things. One is uh, perhaps at uh, the time of, of praying with her and anointing her, he gave her what's known as the apostolic pardon. And it's, it's a very uh, powerful, special prayer that can be given to uh, people at the time of their death. And it's, it's like a plenary indulgence at the time of their death. And, and so there is that sense of any punishment due to sin is, is taken away. But at the same time, I think it's, it's um, you know, and I, I imagine that the priest was uh, being consoling to all of you and saying, you know, this is a good woman. She lived a good life. Please don't, you know, worry about her. Don't grieve for her. But, you know, um, I, I've known holy and good priests who have told me before they died, please don't forget me. Keep praying for me. And I, I think there's there's a sense where we don't want to presume that the person was totally perfect. And um, while the, the apostolic pardon takes away that sense of any kind of punishment due to sin, there is still, you know, perhaps an attachment or purification, uh, an attachment which needs to be purified that has to go on. And so I, I think uh, the priest, with, with all good intentions, was, was probably trying to uh, bolster your confidence and, and give you uh, consolation. But uh, I, I wouldn't presume to say that a person is in heaven. Uh, that's what the church does when it canonizes people. And, uh, you know, the priest was perhaps crossing a little bit of a line there uh, in terms of canonizing your mother. I think it's good to keep praying for her. And um, those, those prayers are never wasted, or uh, and you can do so with confidence that uh, she's in the communion of saints. And um, this is part of the mystery of this uh, purgatory, the doctrine, that we live in time, and so we tend to think of the people who have died as continuing in time, but they enter eternity. And so the prayers that we offer for loved ones um, – accompany them even you know it's a part of the mystery of time and and pope benedict talks about this in his encyclical on hope that it's never too late and it's never in vain our prayers are helpful to that person uh, a, a kind of you know, maybe time traveling going back to that moment when they were dying our prayers now in the present touch them in eternity so i hope that helps a little bit leslie Thanks so much, Leslie. Uh, thanks for sharing. Um, I just want to add, uh, there's also tremendous power in praying the Chapel of Divine Mercy, especially uh, for the sick and the dying. Uh, it's something I, I actually re- remember so vividly doing for my father. So we believe the promises of our Lord to St. Faustina for, for the dying. Um, Mary Beth is uh, joining us uh, from uh, Milwaukee. Mary Beth, uh, thanks for joining us here on Morning Air. Good morning. Thank you, John, and hello, Father Kapicki. My question is about indulgences and uh, learning more about them, and specifically, if you are not that familiar with them, how should one uh, seek indulgences in their prayer life? Okay. Well, the Church, uh, in, in, it is one of the, um, again, um, one of the mysteries of our, our faith that um, there are effects to sin, and uh, so God is all just, and so there is a sense where we have to make up for things that we have done 
of wrong, or we make up for other people because we're connected in this body of Christ and we can help one another. And one of the ways we help one another is to tap into the whole treasury of grace, of all the good people who have, um, let's say, added to the treasury of grace. Jesus is, is the one who won salvation for us, but through our own good works and our love of God, we, as it were, kind of add to that. Uh, St. Paul talks about that in, in a number of different places. But um, indulgences, there is a book uh, about indulgences, and it, it gives all the many different ways of gaining an indulgence uh, for our loved ones or for ourselves. We cannot apply it for someone who is, all, is still living. It's, it's only uh, offered for those who have died or for ourselves. And there are a number of different ways of doing that. Um, but it involves performing a particular act, having the desire to refrain from sin, uh, going to confession and Holy Communion, and then offering a prayer for the Holy Father. And in that way, we gain an indulgence. But I would suggest going on the, the Internet, I'm sure there are a number of good Catholic websites that will explain uh, indulgences a little better than I've been able to do in this short time that we've had. But thank you, Mary Beth, for the call. Thanks so much, Mary Beth. We're going to have to leave it there. Uh, my apologies to the other callers. We just run out of time. Uh, Father, uh, thank you so much for being with us to to remind us about this this beautiful gift that we have of God's mercy of purgatory. Thanks so much, uh, Father Kabiki. You're welcome, John. Good to be with you as always. Many blessings to you. Father James Kabicki, the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota, and a relevant contributor with his daily prayer reflections. And now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called A Few Good Men. Three recruiters were to address high school seniors. Each recruiter represented a branch in the military, the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and they were each to have 15 minutes to speak. The Army and Navy recruiters got carried away, so when it came time for the Marine to speak, he had just two minutes. He walked up and stood utterly silent for a full 60 seconds, half his time. Then he said, I doubt whether there are two or three of you in this room who would even stand a chance in the Marine Corps but I want to see those two or three immediately in the dining hall when we're dismissed. He turned smartly and sat down. When he arrived in the dining hall, there was a crowd of students interested in the Marines. The recruiter knew that commitment cannot take place without recognizing the potential for difficulty. John 16:33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Thanks so much, Glenn. And I want to also remind you, honor our Blessed Mother, honor Our Lady of the Rosary here in the month of October. You can do it today. Pray the Rosary for Life with Father Rocky for the Family Rosary Across America. All your prayers and petitions at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every single night of the week on Relevant Radio, the Relevant Radio app, and you can even watch it on your smart TV. also want to remind you that you can always listen to all of Glenn's uh, Lens Story Corners and any of our podcasts, anything, any segment, any interview that you might want to share with others, all you have to do is download it on the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com. 
That'll do it for this edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverins, uh, producers Sarah Tafoya, Mariano Gomez, Gabby Burke, the entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is next. <laughs>